Welcome to Sportfire, the only sports comedy podcast that got posterized by the dude who tried to dunk at Wizard Sixers. I'm your host, Adam Weinerib, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, in the fine print of the NBA's code of conduct right under Don't Throw Shit, and advertised on the fan cutouts that are still weirdly sitting inside the Indiana Pacers arena. We've got a great show, and first, it's time to take a quick trip through the headlines. Coach Mike Krzyzewski announced on Wednesday this will be his final season at Duke. Coach K will retire to spend more time with his family, which of course consists of thousands of rats. After winning Game 4 of their series against Boston, Nets star Kyrie Irving dragged his foot across the Celtics midcourt logo in a show of disrespect after both teams spent 48 minutes dragging their feet across the Celtics midcourt logo. So, just so we're clear on the disrespect meter, stepping on a cartoon leprechaun? Disrespectful. Having a cartoon Irish person as a mascot? Respectful and sacred. Following the controversy, Irving apologized for not stomping on the logo hard enough. Jason Tatum did drop 50 in Game 3 against the Brooklyn Nets, which is the easiest way to get yourself traded to the Brooklyn Nets. When the series ended, Celtics GM Danny Ainge stepped down, and head coach Brad Stevens left his position for a front office role. Yeah, because Brad Stevens was most famous for his people skills. Cut to Stevens drawing up plays for a contract negotiation and a bunch of 70-year-old lawyers tuning him out Marcus Smart style. Guess the Celtics plan on entering a rebuild, but based on the big dig, we're looking at 25 years here. Stevens is reportedly worn out by coaching and has been since the bubble. Later this week, Paparazzi is going to spot an unshaven-looking Stevens with taped-on beard hair ripping a Newport tanning with Ben Affleck. In the past week, a Sixers fan threw popcorn at Russell Westbrook, a Knicks fan spat at Trey Young, someone at MSG hit Emmanuel quickly with a beer, an arrested Celtics fan threw a water bottle at Kyrie Irving, and a fan jumped onto the court and tried to dunk during Sixers-Wizards Game 4, but it turned out that one was just Dwight Howard. Unfortunately, it seems the NBA has a massive problem, and it's that people are now just doing whatever they want to because they know being in public could suddenly get taken away from them. And if there's another coronavirus, they don't want to say, you know what I didn't do? Throw Sour Patch Kids at Clint Capella. We're two weeks away from naked fans, body sushi, and Molly in the mezzanine, and not just at Brooklyn Nets games. I, for one, don't care for it, but I do think I have a solution. Filling the arena with at least 30 terrifying 6-7 dudes. Oh, they tried that already? That's two basketball teams? Well, then I'm out of ideas. Anthony Davis is questionable to return for the rest of Lakers' sons, while Chris Epps Porzingis is questionable. Just his whole thing is questionable. After falling down 2-0 and 32-11 in Game 3, the Los Angeles Clippers have fought back in their series against the Dallas Mavericks, so maybe we were too quick to write off the clips. We should have done it next week. The Clippers' comeback was powered by the difference in kinetic energy between Kawhi Leonard and Steve Ballmer. Mookie Betts missed Sunday's Dodgers-Giants game with allergies. Said the team's trainer, Mookie, ah, relax, he's not so bad, you see, just use some Nasonex. Betts said his eyes were watery and his vision blurred, which is the same thing that happens to Dodgers fans when you tell them 2020 wasn't a real-world series. Or when Red Sox fans try to convince you the Betts trade was actually great. The Tampa Bay Rays again lead the American League East despite having one of the league's smallest payrolls. Said the Rays players, wait, you can get paid for this? Jay Cutler reportedly wants half of his ex-wife Kristen Cavallari's brand in the divorce proceedings. 
Sure, but with half a brand, you can't even burn your whole jersey number in your butt. And call him Smoking Jay Cutler for nothing. And now, with a very important statement on this week's events, here's Lucky, the Boston Celtics leprechaun that Kyrie Irving stepped on. Top of the morning to ya. That's morning spelled M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G because I speak to you today in a time of great sorrow because me head hurts a little bit. Also because my entire history has been disrespected by Kyrie Irving, which is especially depressing for two reasons. One, because he has the same name as Tree of Me Nieces, and two, because the shoes that stepped on me had Spongebob on them. My aching noggin wishes Kyrie had given up halfway through this time too, just like he did against the Bucks two years ago. <laughs> Don't aggregate that, aggregators. Just state in me opinion that didn't come directly from Danny Boy Ainge. In the wake of Sunday's events, I do want to thank the people who defended my honor. Kevin Garnett, you are a true friend, and the soles of your sneakers always tasted as sweet as Honey Nut Cheerios while you ran me over 200 times a game. And the water bottle, kid. I want to thank you most of all, though I do think you went about it wrong. Instead of hucking a water bottle at Kyrie, you should have done anything else. Perhaps someday I will visit you in prison and teach you the bare-knuckle boxing skills that made many a Dubliner famous. Gentleman Jim O'Doyle. Gentleman Jack McConkie. Gentleman Kevin McHale. Until then, though, enjoy prison! Perhaps this will be the last you see of me this season, but it will not be the last you hear from me, Lucky, the honorable Irish cartoon named after your aunt's miniature cockapoo. When the curtain rises on the 2021-22 season, all stand flat and proud for decades of Celtics basketball, even though I was redesigned in 1995 and they knocked the original guard into the ground. I stand for the floorboards that warped when Red Auerbach turned the heat up to 120 degrees. I stand for the big tree, who based on the way they act, I believe hold the record for most titles in NBA history. I stand for Bill Russell, as long as nobody asks me any details about anything that happened during his career in Boston. But most of all, I stand against Kyrie, Kevin, James, Blake, and the Brooklyn Nets, a stain on our beautiful game of basketball. Because when you rub your shoe on me, you're rubbing your shoe on NBA history, and that every NBA player before Bill Russell looked exactly like me. They'd bring a top hat and cane onto the court. That's, that's what this spart was. Though I may disappear, the scourge of Brooklyn must be defeated, and I call on my Irish sister, Mayor of Easttown, and the Philadelphia 76ers to finish the job. Oi, I haven't been this incensed since I wrote that lockdown song with Ben Morrison. I haven't been this red in the face since all of Twitter said I looked like Matt LeBlanc at the Friends reunion. I haven't been this ruddy since all the pubs closed and I had to get all my alcohol from Brian Scalabrini's insoles. Avenge me, Boston! Fight for Lucky! You're going down, Kyrie! Because I'm not sure if you knew this, but you know who's pretty good at hard stomps? Irish step dancers! Keep one eye open! Lucky the Celtics Leprechaun, everybody. Don't double-cross that guy or you might break his ankles. He's such a fat old Irishman, Martin Scorsese tried his de-aging technology on him and it turned him into current De Niro. And now a special message from the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. The Passing of the Torch 
the splashing of the swimmers, the air-splitting scream of a well-thrown javelin. We hear you loud and clear, entire world. You've got Olympic fever. So we've got a question for you. Do you want the Olympics bad enough to let us hold them at your house? Could some of the athletes crash on your couch for a little while? Let's be blunt. We've got a problem here. Just a few weeks before the Olympics are set to begin in Tokyo, Japan has declared a state of emergency. And even if they hadn't done that, it's become very clear they don't want us. Even Bob Costas says the game should be canceled for safety reasons. The same Bob Costas who spent two weeks on the air in Sochi with obvious pink eye. Now he's concerned about the passage of a communicable disease? Please. Here are the facts. We have to have an Olympics. We've already promised all the athletes we were gonna do it. They've been training really hard and they all brought new leotards, even the ones who don't use leotards. We're past the point of no return here, but Japan doesn't want us, so we're just kind of, sort of, asking around. Would you guys maybe be down to host an Olympics? No worries, totally cool either way. If you're interested in hosting an Olympics at your place, just know the following facts. Fact! The Olympics are totally quiet and very down to stay out of your way and do their own thing. If you need me time, the Olympics will not bother you. Fact! The Olympics work nights and weekends, and their extremely busy schedule of water sports means they're not clingy. Fact! The Olympics are willing to throw you a couple bucks for all food and drinks consumed during their two-week stay, except for the stuff they drank out of necessity, e.g. water and Gatorade, and not for enjoyment, e.g. wheat thins. Fact! The Olympics are guaranteed to revitalize the local economy. If you agree to host the Olympics at your place, you'll be able to afford a great mirror or a chandelier after they leave. Fact! The Olympics are kind of weird around your friend Beth. It's been like four years, but things are still not great between them. If you host the Olympics, don't invite Beth. Double fact. The Olympics are a once-in-a-lifetime collection of the globe's greatest athletes with thousands of years of tradition, and they all pee sitting down. No mess. So what do you say? Are you down to clown with the Olympics? If not, once again, no worries. We could just ask Germany or Holland. Or we could hold the Olympics at your dad's place, maybe? Could you at least ask your dad? He keeps the good seltzer stocked in the basement fridge. The 2021 Tokyo Olympics. Leave the back door open or at least give us the code. No, the 2021 Tokyo Olympics is millions of dollars over budget, so we can't afford to pay you right now, but you could totally stay at our place in Tokyo if you need to in a couple years, no worries at all. Just make sure you come in April or November and don't have coronavirus. Hey, who's excited? I heard this year instead of a 500 meter relay, they're doing a bar crawl until Beth shows up. And now for the most important thing in sports, the 2020-21 New York Knicks, whose playoff run should not be what we remember about their remarkable season. To give them a proper tribute, which they absolutely deserve, I spoke to my buddy and New York comedian John Shoss about exactly what the Knicks mean to this city, how we felt about the season, and exactly what we're looking for moving forward. It's a pretty special time to be a New Yorker. I hope you enjoy. The 2020-21 New York Knicks have provided a complete light at the end of the tunnel for many of us who have watched the Knicks be extremely bad for a long time. We are recording this before game five back at Madison Square Garden on Wednesday night, which could be the end of the Knicks season. Might not be if it's not great, but if it is, you know, they still deserve a tribute whether they win or lose because they've definitely earned it. 
And to talk to me a little bit about the turnaround, I, I caught up with an old buddy, comedian John Shoss, who is a New Yorker and an awesoming New Yorker, which is probably the most important thing here. Um, John, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. You share a hometown with Obi Toppin of the New York Knicks, and I think that's important. That's right. That is now at the top of my resume. It's on. It's the banner to my website, which doesn't exist. <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah. No. Thanks for having me. It's a. It's. A, it's an honor to to uh, have the same social studies teacher as Obi Toppin for sure. <laughs> now, I, I say this. You know, I, we will we will get into the team a little bit, but you know, you you are you are currently in Austining. The That's playoffs right. are happening. Um, are, are people, this is a dumb question. And why not start out with a dumb question? There's, sure, there's no sure, sure, here. sure. Are people talking about this? Like, is there, do you go to the deli and a guy's like, <laughs> yo, B. Toppin bought a sandwich from me three years ago. Like, is that happening? Listen, I honestly believe Main Street Deli was closed. And this, is a, this was a pre-pandemic assumption. I drove by the other day. It's still popping. I don't really go there anymore. But uh, I can only imagine the type of the type of uh, conversation that's happening there. In truth, I'm not really plugged into the Austin scene enough to understand what people are talking about. But I but uh, before I deleted my Facebook, I remember my so old social studies teacher, Barry Jaffis. We can use his full name. He's cool with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't want us to, like, he can reach out. Yeah. No, he's he's a he's a well-known uh figurehead of, of, of Austin and like and he was posting about it and I just remember being like oh wow now now it's a, like officially nobody else from any other graduating class matters more than this kid <laughs> and like you know I'm, it's awesome it's really cool like knowing that like, he played in the same gym where I you know had my CD player stolen in 10th grade <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I, I'm from I'm, I'm basically from down the street from you I, I went to yeah. Croton Harmon High School, which is like Austin and Croton, they basically touch each other, but like you have Obi Toppin. We have a gym where like a, a kid impaled his own butt on a loose floorboard. Um, wow. I think right after I left, but like that's the greatest thing. Like I still go to the when I drive by the high school and I have a friend who's not from Croton, I'm like, a kid impaled his butt on a floorboard there. And you at least have, you know, you have memories in the same space as like, did you do play rehearsals in Obi Toppin's gym? Like I assume you did. Um, no, because there was there was separate from the before they redid the gym, it was falling. I think like I was when I started high school, they were like just starting to redo the gym, but there was still a real a separate old crumbling auditorium, which we were lucky enough to breathe that whatever fiberglass was emanating from the walls in there. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, it's it's cool. It's cool because it's it's you know, like you're it's you know bringing people from my town i guess a little closer together like the group texts have been crazy i gotta be honest the group text has been completely off the rail like every every game where it's like you know emotions are high um and obi's had a couple pretty loud moves like he had a couple pretty crazy dunks in the previous game and as soon as that happens obi like the group text is going crazy it's been nuts. I mean, well, I'll pay tribute to this team in general because I feel like we watched we, for the first time in a long time this year, we watched a lot of people grow up and it maybe yeah. didn't happen to OB. Like it maybe took OB until the playoffs to like be aggressive. Mm -hmm. And for most of the year, it was like he would get five minutes and occasionally would thunder dunk like that. And you'd be like, oh my God, it's the guy. Yeah. This is the guy. He can do that. And then he would take, you know, 
he would be tentative. He would kind of disappear. The playoffs, he's had his moments. Emmanuel quickly all year has had his moments. Julius Randle is the most improved player for a reason. RJ Barrett, like if not for Julius Randle being the most improved player, might be the most improved player. Um, and you mentioned that all of this sort of doesn't happen. Probably, we assume, without Tom Thibodeau, the head coach, being hired before the season starts. Now, you grew up a Knicks fan. I grew up a Knicks fan. Is this the first? I mean, this is the first time in like 20 years. Yeah. I'm proud to be this. Is it the same for you? Like, are you? Sounds, I mean, you've got, we can't ask for more than group texts popping off about yeah. the Knicks, right? That, that, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, you know, the, the, that's, that's as much as I'll ask for is a group text going crazy. <laughs> I think right now it's an interesting time to be from New York because the, because like the Nets are doing well too. So there's this, kind of dichotomy of like how are you get a roof of the nets aren't you a knicks fan like haven't you been like in in the trenches with the rest of us um and yeah it's definitely the only time i can remember caring like really being invested in like how the knicks are doing um which is exciting i grew up uh i guess like i only moved to america in 95 so i think it was like past the real heyday they had with ewing yeah but like i remember my dad might have gone to a game at MSG in like, you know, 97 and he brought back a handkerchief that had like the MSG, I guess like alma mater or what's the, what's the song for a college? Yeah. Alma mater. Alma mater song. But like for, for uh, MSG, it was like the stands or it was like a poem about MSG <laughs> on a handkerchief that was not even thumped, like push pin to my drywall for like years. And I remember, and I remember looking at it and being like, one day I'll actually go to a game and like actually watch the <laughs> Knicks rather than just kind of hear about Patrick Ewing. Um, yeah. That was like my, you know, growing up, growing up a Knicks fan for me was this like nice little napkin I had on my wall. Decorative. Yeah. This year. Th I mean, I didn't have, I didn't have that napkin and I, I can I, try to find not. the napkin. It's honestly, <laughs> we got to At this point we got to find the napkin. I, I do feel like, I, I always say first and foremost, like, I feel like I spent the last 20 years saying like, I'm a Yankee fan first and foremost. And I mean, that's still true that they're the team that breeds the most like natural feeling in my bones. But for the last several decades, you've contended with people who are like, that, 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 bah, bah, bah. New York yeah. is a Knicks town. New York is a basketball town. And I'm always like, shut. Like the Knicks don't mean anything. Yeah. I wish they did. But all they mean to me is like, all they mean to me is getting briefly excited to watch the Knicks and then realizing like, oh, there's like at least 15 to 20 teams with more firepower than the Knicks. Yeah. This year, especially with what it's felt like to let the crowds back into Madison Square Garden and the game two win that they had and all and the moments in the game one win, this is sort of the first time in my life when I've been like, A, New York is back and B, the Knicks and their perseverance led the charge. Like it, it is kind of an insane feeling to have. Yeah, no, that's definitely like you feel that like, you want. I mean, I wasn't at the games and I considered going to last Wednesday, but the tickets, you know, were crazy at that point. Insane. Yeah, yeah like not worth it. Uh, I would pay twice as much to see fish uh, Madison Square Garden, you know, <laughs> New Year's Eve. No shame. But for the Knicks, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's been cool. It's been really, really cool watching the watching people like at the games going crazy again. And it is kind of like. I think the Knicks being good is kind of like a cultural touchstone for New Yorkers because like 
each New York team has such a different fan base. I feel like there's like there's crossover, but like Knicks fans are Knicks fans, and like you know, there's nobody, there's no like re- there probably are. I've never met somebody who's like a courtside Spike Lee level Knicks fan, like in conversation. That's never happened. No. Never happened. And that's maybe like it's just kind of like a recent thing that we're like, oh shit, this you know, at least there's potential. I was going to talk about the Nets too. Like you mentioned that I don't, it is such, it is such a weird vibe that like, of course we're doing this like post-mortem for the Knicks being like the Knicks changed my life this year by probably losing in the first round. Yeah. But the Nets are maybe, I mean like what 70% probability going to win the NBA championship this year. And I was out in Brooklyn on Sunday night of Memorial day weekend the Nets and Celtics were playing in the playoffs. I was, I live in the shadow of the Barclays Center. I was 10 minutes away from the home arena and I was at a bar that was not showing the game. And like, wow, I just, I just can't even imagine. Like, I don't know. It's, it's really weird. And if, if when the Nets win the, you know, NBA championship, I do not know what it's going to be like in Brooklyn. And like, yeah. I'll be in the heart of it, but what is that going to be like? Definitely not the same as if the Knicks would, you know, I think like, the Nets have this feeling of being this like kind of um, like big Mecca monster that was just recently kind of assembled with the big trades that, I mean, like they have really good players and they had players before like Harden and and Kyrie and like when everybody came on, but like, yeah, it has this kind of uh, artificial feeling that, that the Knicks, Knicks have that hometown kind of feel. And I think if the Nets win, Everyone, it's going to be chaos. Like, it's going to be, yes. you know, like parade level, like election night level chaos in the streets. But like, I think people, it'll take people by surprise. They're like, oh, I guess, I guess we're partying. Like, I guess we're doing this. Yeah, I did. I, I will say I accidentally got caught in the Nets crowd coming out of game one when they beat the Celtics a couple of days ago. And it was like, there was a, <laughs> there's like a dude smoking a blunt in the street. <laughs> who said legal now um, legal now legal now you can do that but it, it caught me so by surprise and like this is an embarrassing thing for me to admit but like it's my podcast so whatever the guy goes this joint is canoeing like a bitch he yelled that out uh-huh. and i was so ignorant that i thought he meant joint like party like <laughs> this joint this like and i was like what like this party, like I, I was like, a party is canoeing, and someone was like, it's it's weed, it's. Weed. I was like, oh yeah, 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 no, 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 I get it. So I think you are right. I think it's going to surprise people, yeah. but like, yeah, I guess the people will come. Oh yeah, no, it'll be chaos, and like you know, hopefully no one gets a broken window or anything. But like, yeah, it's going to be, you know, especially that area of Brooklyn, it's going to be nuts. Like if that happens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we do need to give the Nets their proper credence. I just think people. I think people who are not from New York, like Twitter people mostly, yeah. were too hard in clowning on Knicks fans for celebrating that win in game two. Like a lot, you saw a lot of people quote tweeting the videos of just people shutting down the streets outside MSG, yeah. being like, uh, like, oh, Knicks fans acting like they just won the NBA championship. And like the counterpoint, yeah, for the first time in a long time, like we, for the first time in 20 years, we had actual basketball joy. And for the first time in a full calendar year, we had the type of joy that forced people to the streets. So like I, for one, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but 
I don't think it was ridiculous for people to party like that. The, I mean, the videos looked nuts, but yeah. I think letting off a release after a huge sports win is something we've really missed. And the yeah. Knicks have helped save the city in that way. Like I, I wasn't laughing at those people. I kind of felt like I wanted to join them. I physically didn't, but I kind of right. felt the same way. Physically still not, I'm not there yet. Large gatherings, no. but um, yeah, no, it's, I think like, it's also, there's no other Manhattan team. Like there's the other teams are kind of in the outskirts, you know? Yeah. And like, this is the Manhattan team. So, um, no, I think it's cool. And, and it's kind of like, as far we'll see what happens tomorrow. But, you know, my expectations now are back to maybe like any other Knicks season level where I'm like measured and I'm like, let's see. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, they definitely, I think they got to the point where it's like the end of the party when there's like no more salsa. There's chips, <laughs> but there's no more salsa. And there's, you got salsa all over your fingers and you're like, oh, is anybody going to refill the salsa or like, what's up? <laughs> and like, you kind of figure out what we should get more of next year party. You know, like that's, it's, it's that, it's that moment of the season where they're like, here's what we need to do for next year. Zion might have, is that what, 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 what are the rumors there? I don't know. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. It's it's weird. So they're clearly you're right. The Knicks GM is like a guy at the end of the party being like, ah, I guess people like salsa. Yeah, okay, I guess we should get cool. more shooters next year. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. If you double team salsa, it, it goes away very quickly. Oh, interesting. It's it yeah. struggles. In this, yeah. But so you are right. Like Zion, whether it's now, I mean, it's probably not going to be this no. summer, but like people are going to talk about that. He and RJ Barrett are boys. He went, I mean, Look, for the thing with the Knicks being good again to at least a certain extent and establishing this baseline is that when superstars say, like, I love MSG or I love playing at the Mecca, they're not just saying, like, I love shutting up. Like, I love playing in front of quiet New York fans who know their team is bad. Like, for years, LeBron was like, I love playing at MSG. But what he meant is, like, the Knicks suck. And I like, right. I like going and getting an easy win and then going out in New York City. Like, it doesn't quite mean that anymore. And you could tell Zion unprompted was like, this is my favorite arena. This and also the one in New Orleans, which, like, yeah. nobody. Got the name, yeah. <laughs> That that place is terrible. Like that's that's you know that was fan service. So like Zion watch is real. I think Knicks fans should be rooting. Clippers Dallas is a hard series because obviously we don't like Dallas. They have Porzingis, who we traded to them, and we want to win that trade and all that good stuff. But if Dallas does beat the Clippers, you've got angry Kawhi Leonard watch. I think that's right. real. He could become wow. a free agent this offseason. He's sort of a perfect fit for this Tom Thibodeau thing, whatever this defense first mentality is going on. You've got Chris Paul, I guess you want to watch uh, Kyle Lowry. If they could get a scoring point guard, that'd be really big. But obviously Kawhi is a bigger get than either of those two guys. Damian Lillard feels crazy. I don't really know what that means. And I don't really know how you do that. And he feels like a Portland for life. dude. Yeah. But Kawhi Leonard and then like Zion in the future are the ones that I really feel like of the like eyeball emoji bleacher report tweets. Those are the ones that you have to be like, well, okay, hold on a second. Like it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, you think about what they need. They just need somebody who can shoot and, like, drain threes, you know? Yeah. Like, they need they needed that. So, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to see what they'll do. Before, before I let you go, um, just let's talk about the villain in the room. And I don't know if you have grown to hate Trey Young during this series. 
Um, and I don't know if I have either. I hate certain aspects of Trey Young and his life and how he draws. I was hoping he wouldn't draw easy fouls in this series. And he has like the refing is the same as it was during the regular season. Like, but is Trey Young a villain or like, is he just a giant gnat that gets flicked away because the Hawks aren't going to win the title this year. Like, do, do you just let him have his fun or like, is he worth hating? Um, definitely not worth hating to the level of hate that he's gotten. He's yeah. undeniably like talented and you know, you can't like, he's the face of that team. And I think it's like, they had, you know, Atlanta needed like a, a hero. He was their hero this year. Um, but yeah, they're not gonna, you know, even if they win this series, they're not gonna, um, I don't think they're, they're like title contenders, but um, no, I think he's talented. He's just a, yeah, I, I, I don't think he's worth, he's, you know, it's the hate that he's getting right now is pretty not, uh, it's not, doesn't make sense because he's just yeah. a good, he's a good dude. Maybe he has weird hair. It's okay. We can make fun of his hair, but it's okay. Yeah. Every, some people have weird hair and they some choose, people have weird hair and they choose to play basketball on a public, you know, arena. But, uh, no, I think he's just like a, somebody to watch. I don't, the, mo, mo, most of the, like, most of my friends, especially my Austin friends, actually in the group text, we were just like, we just got to get through this, you know, this Atlanta bullshit. So they did kind of treat it as like a nuisance. Can I curse by the way? I've been cursing. I don't know. hundred percent. Okay, great. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it, people do kind of see it as a nuisance, but you know, it's sometimes it, like it's undeniable. Like if they, you know, will we, some, we'll, we'll probably will not advance and like, it's, it's okay. <laughs> And uh, they're the better team. What can you say? It's okay. It's okay. okay. That's the heart of it, right? It's this is a four or five battle. They're probably the better team because of Trey. We get it. The Knicks probably slightly less talented and need a little more talent on the horizon. But neither of these, like, they're in the conversation. This year has been, I mean, it's all gravy. You don't want to say it until the series plays itself out. But when you start off being projected to be the worst team in the league, that maybe plays a little bit above their ceiling because of the new coach and because of the adjustments he makes and because of the defensive intensity. And then suddenly you're like, I hope we're the four seed instead of the six seed at the end of the year. And then suddenly you're like, I think we could beat the five seed. Like you just, we had a moment. Yeah. We had the garden alive and we have the foundation for something in the future. And I think that's, that's why we're talking Knicks today. Cause I just think it's worth celebrating what we just watched. Yeah, and it, the, the series so far, it's been a real, like, four to five seed series. Like, it's been yeah. – there's been really close moments, and the mistakes that the Knicks made, I think, have to do with their bench, like, not being deep enough, and they kind of have – they should have the right kind of goals for next year to build more on on what they need. Yeah, Alfred Payton's got to go. Um, John <laughs> – John, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to me, man. Yeah, man. Uh, this is just a cathartic New York moment, and I, I'm glad that you were able to to drop by and give your social studies teacher a little a little what's up. Maybe reactivate yeah. Facebook just to just to see what's popping. <laughs> right, yeah, just just throw him an emoji. Yeah, give him an emoji. He's man, a good guy. Man had a tough man Very. had a tough weekend. Just give him an emoji. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Thanks for having me, dude. Appreciate it. John Shoss, everybody. Much love to the New York Knicks, who we're always going to love. And now, my final flame. The once-proud New York Yankees are an embarrassment. 
Their bats can't hit, their pitchers have to be perfect, and they're fielding so bad that the iron horse Lou Gehrig just said to them, hey, can you guys stop using the iron from my horse body for your gloves? General Manager Brian Cashman has the safest job in baseball, despite only one ring in 20 years, and manager Aaron Boone couldn't manage his way out of a paper bag. Because we're not even sure what strategies he could draw up to get out of that bag. Like, say he calls for a hit and run, how would that help him get out of the bag? In retrospect, that has nothing to do with his managing skills. And so, as it gets late early out here, I only have one question, posed to Mr. George Steinbrenner. How could you let this happen? Is it because you are dead? Oh my, oh my god, I'm I'm so sorry, I, I hadn't heard. When did this happen? A decade ago? Oh my god, I was way off on this one. Wait, if you're dead, why are you answering me to let me know you are dead? I'm not talking to George Steinbrenner. This is Alexa. I'm sorry, Alexa, I'm just floored by my lack of awareness here. Egg on my face. <laughs> Hey, George Steinbrenner, you should fire your GM or make a big trade. Oh, and by the way, dig yourself out of the dirt, throw the worms away into the worm basin, and start making some phone calls. <laughs> what an inane bit of logic for me. I am embarrassed for myself. So, who's in charge of the day-to-day -day operations then? George's son? Does anyone have an address for him so I can send him an audio tape of this recording? Just do care of Yankee Stadium and it'll probably get there? Wait... How would you know that unless you were the real George Steinbrenner? Oh, you almost got me, Alexa. Well, I'll be a Thurman Munson mustache hair on the lip of Reggie Jackson's toilet. Let's take that again. I only have one question. Posed to Mr. George Steinbrenner, whose spirit resides in the body of my Alexa. Is heaven in black and white? My thanks to John Shoss, the Celtics leprechaun, and the Olympics man. See you next Thursday.